Greetings, podcast universe. This is Gary Stern. And this is Lucy Sang. We are the co-hosts of After the Glory podcast. Every elite athlete has one thing in common. Their careers on the field of play will only be a tiny fraction of the life of meaning and purpose they hope to live. As UCLA alums from different generations, Gary and I have discovered that the stories of these great athletes go far beyond their statistics. It is our pleasure to share these stories with our listeners. We hope you will enjoy this latest episode of After the Glory. Welcome to After the Glory. Gary Stern here with my co-host and partner, Lucy Singh. Uh, We are privileged today to take a journey into figure skating with three young ladies who are uh, former members and one actually current member of the great show Disney on Ice. All three amateur competitors, all three have enjoyed figure skating, ice skating their whole lives. We're joined today by Kirsty Nelson, Shannon Brack, and Laura Stern. Yes, Laura Stern might actually be related to one of your hosts. Um, and uh, we start with uh, Kirsty. And we start, uh, I think, in most of our shows with uh, the question that people want to know with those who have achieved a, a, a great level of success in a sport, which is, how did you get started? So, Kirsty, tell us how you got started in figure skating. Hi. Well, um, so I started at a young age, obviously. Um, my parents were both um, and are still both very athletic. They um, uh, were phys ed teachers, and they felt that like sports and being active is, was very important and they literally just threw me into every single sport and activity they could possibly think of starting from when I was like I don't know two or three um, and growing up in Canada obviously throwing on a pair of skates and getting on the ice was a big part of you know being Canadian <laughs> um, and going out and skating on the ponds and the frozen lakes and stuff so uh, yeah so skating Skating was one of the activities they uh, threw me in, and it just turns out that that was the one that kind of clicked for me, and I fell in love with it, and then, yeah, the rest is history. (laughs) Uh, Shannon? I also started at a very young age. Um, My mother was actually um, a figure skater and grew up skating and coaching and was actually a part of Ice Follies back in the day. Um, More people are familiar with Ice Capades, so... similar show but um so yeah it was kind of inevitable that she would put me into figure skating and it just kind of took off from there so our guests today are from uh kirstie of course lives in canada western canada and canmore shannon lives in rochester minnesota after spending some time living in southern california and laura stern my daughter uh is uh living in redondo beach Uh, laura how did you get started Well, kind of similar to Shannon's story, my mom also was a figure skater, and it was also that feeling of, oh, well, she was also doing skating as an adult, and so I was always at the ice rink, she would take me around it, so obviously I begged to try it and do it, and the moment that she let me try skating, she kept me in rental skates for a year in hopes that I would quit, because she knew how hard it was, but I would not, and I just, it stuck, and I also played soccer at the same time, but skating was one of those things that I truly realized that I wanted to be more the center of attention than part of a team sport. I I love that, ladies. I'm so happy to hear that 
all of your parents supported you in being active in general. I, I'd love to kind of dive deeper into that and not necessarily specifically about figure skating, but just being active young women. Did any of you ever experience uh, any feedback on, you know, you should be in home ed or, you know, learning how to do scrapbooking or something else, you know, versus being an athletic young girl? Christy? Um, yeah, I'll go first. Um, it, actually, it was it was pretty pretty okay um, in that respect. I my parents especially, you know, it has a lot to do with my parents and their support. Um, you know, backing me with whatever I chose to do, and that happened to be figure skating. And again, like I said, they were very active themselves, and they knew the importance of being active and being moving. And so they were just like ready to support me. Um, with whatever activity I chose. And I never really felt any pressure to, oh, you need to learn how to, yeah, cook, take a home ec class or a sewing class. Like there wasn't that pressure at all, which um, is awesome. And I'm sure if I did choose those activities, they would have been right behind me supporting that as well, so. That's great. Yeah. Sh Shannon? Yeah, my parents were never, they never pushed me into figure skating, but I'm sure they were quite happy when I just kind of took off with figure skating because my mom was a coach. She was actually my coach growing up. And so just to have me at the rink was kind of, I don't know, it's convenient for her. Um, <laughs> and so, and we, we also created that bond so that, you know, even though we went home, we still, you know, had that mother-daughter relationship off the ice and my whole life was consumed with figure skating, so I really don't know any different. Laura? Yeah, um, it's some it's something that my parents have always been the biggest supporters of me. Whatever I want to do, they were supportive no matter what. And obviously my mom, she really gravitated towards the skating with me because of being a skater herself. And of course we had our battles because she knows the sport. And so it's something that as, as a young teenage girl too, we of course had our battles through the sport because I didn't want her to tell me what to do. I wanted to figure out things my own way but the support was never ending. And I'm thankful that my parents let me pursue something. And that's where we have such dedication and such strong work ethic because of this sport. And I think that carries me through my life a lot more than a lot of other classes I maybe could have taken when I was younger. I think this has developed me in different ways that I'm thankful for. All three of our guests, of course, now are in their early 30s or mid-20s in the case of Shannon. And the interesting thing about all three of them, I think, is that none of them even had that sense from anybody, teachers, parents, or anybody else, that somehow being female, that they needed to do something else. And I think we're all fortunate that in our society now, that probably has gone out the window. If you indicate a passion for something uh, in athletics and you're a female, it makes no difference. You can go as far as you can, can be taken. Uh, Kirsty, <laughs> tell us about your amateur career. How far did you go and, um, and when did you uh, uh, take us through your amateur career up to when you yeah. finished? Yeah, for sure. So obviously I um, was really passionate about skiing growing up and I became very competitive. Uh, so I did compete all throughout up until my um, I finished high school, uh, competing within Canada. Um, I was never ever really my dream to make it to the Olympics per se. Um, I always wanted to, you know, make it as far as I could uh, in the competitive world. 
Uh, skating is very competitive and it took, you know, it takes a lot of time and dedication um, and to make it anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, so I did compete uh, in, within Canada at that level. I never went international and did any of those competitions. But again, that was never really my goal. Uh, the Olympics was great. And, you know, I admire anybody who makes it to the Olympics. But that just kind of wasn't me. I was more um, focused on, like, the, creating a balance with, uh, you know, my competitive career. But also, you know, I still wanted to you know, enjoy a social life and, and be a teenager at times, you know, but um, it's, it, the, the balance is tricky for sure. But I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, compete and uh, until I ended high school. Um, again, yeah. took a lot of long hours and dedication, but I did that. And then at that point, I realized, okay, I think I've made it as far as I can in the competitive world. And you know, time to move on to other things. <laughs> when we come back on After the Glory, we'll hear from Shannon and Laura and their amateur careers. And by the way, we'll hear about a direction Kirsty took that none of you will anticipate when we come back on After the Glory. Since 1980, Woodland Hills lawyer Gary Stern has been known as a lawyer's lawyer, passionate about his clients and equally passionate about bringing honor, dignity, and respect to the legal profession. Gary Stern represents folks seriously injured because of healthcare negligence, defective and dangerous products and property, neglect in long-term care facilities, and careless operation of cars and trucks. He has successfully resolved hundreds of cases for his clients, providing them with the financial help they needed during trying times. Gary Stern is a member of the prestigious National Trial Lawyers Top 100, active with consumer attorneys of Los Angeles and California, and is admitted to the bar of the Supreme Court of the United States. And most important, I am proud to call him dad. You can reach Gary Stern at 818-710-2717 or visit his website at www.sternlaw.org. Thinking about a new or used car? Think Infinity of Thousand Oaks. We've been serving Thousand Oaks in Southern California for years. We have new, used, and certified pre-owned Infinity vehicles available now with many special offers. There's something for everyone at Infinity of Thousand Oaks, your home for the best deals on Infinity cars. With the COVID pandemic, we offer contactless sales. Call our office at 805-262-7442 or visit Infinity of Thousand Oaks. Pick out a vehicle and we'll deliver it to your home or office with all the paperwork done with the power of the internet. Our award-winning sales and service team is waiting to give you the best service in buying a vehicle you've ever had. Call us today at 805-262-7442 and make an appointment for your new 2021 Infinity or visit our website at infinityofthousandoaks.com. Infinity of Thousand Oaks is a proud sponsor of After the Glory. Hey, this is Lucy Sang here from Resiliency. I am a certified life coach focused on working with athletes and like-minded people in finding and pursuing success in life outside of sports. My goals are to serve as an accountability partner and offer different perspectives while my clients are facing big challenges and decisions. I also lead workshops and offer group coaching on topics such as avoiding burnout or transferable skills. 
Follow me on Instagram at resiliency, R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E underscore coaching, resiliency underscore coaching for more information. As a co-host of After the Glory, I am excited to share my expertise in working with athletes and look forward to connecting with all you listeners to learn more of your stories as well. And we're back on After the Glory. This is Lucy Sang with my co-host Gary Stern and our special guests, Kirsty Nelson, Shannon Brackey, and Laura Stern. So Shannon, let's dive right into your amateur career. What did that look like? So I started when I was four um, and I went right into competing. Uh, I didn't really know uh, kind of like what Kirsty touched on, like what a social life really was because I was always training and I, I would be missing school and be really sacrificing a lot of things. So I, you know, don't really know what a childhood outside of skating looked like. Um, but yeah, I, I competed up until 10th grade. Um, and then I changed uh, my mindset on really focusing on show skating. Um, but yeah, I I never really aspired to go to the Olympics. I think I was a little more realistic because maybe 2% of all figure skaters really achieve that goal, but I did compete on the national level. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I'm super fortunate for all of my opportunities that I had. Wow. And let me make uh, sure everybody understands who's listening today. These are elite skaters. Elite doesn't mean necessary Olymp- Olympics or the national championships, but only a small percentage of all the young ladies and boys who go over to the ice rink in their neighborhood uh, ever achieve what these three young ladies did. Laura, you had a rather eclectic uh, amateur career, even right up until um, the, the very last thing you did as an amateur. Why don't you summarize that for us? Yeah. Um, So I started at six and I pretty much within the first year knew I wanted to compete. I wanted to perform. I wanted to wear the dresses. I knew I just wanted to go for it. And my mom was supportive when she realized it's something I really wanted to do. And it is something that like Shannon, I sacrificed the sleepovers and, you know, school kind of took a backseat. I still did school and focus on school, but skating was at the forefront in my life. And I did um, go homeschooling for a little bit. And then I did go and relocate to Colorado to train in pair skating. Um, and I left at 16 and went there by myself. So it was a big, you know, growing up experience in my life that ended up not being the best experience, but it taught me a lot. And um, unfortunately with the training there and their methods, um, it is something that I decided that skating no longer was the passion I thought it was when I was growing up because I was in the mindset that I wanted the Olympics. I wanted to go all the way as far as I could. And then I did struggle with nerves and the mental side of skating, which is something that's very challenging for skaters to fight those, those nerves. So I did leave um, competitive skating and then I did do theater on ice actually in my last year. And that was something that brought back like the love a little bit and then went on to college. Well, <laughs> theater, on, theater on ice resulted in something special. Why don't you tell us about that? So theater on ice, it, it was just such a fun, like a group skating activity that took the pressure off of you and, and 
put you into the focus of this group activity. And we were really lucky because we got to go to the International Theater on Ice Championships in Paris, and we actually won. And it was incredible because we got to be there and they put the national anthem on. And I was like, okay, I've made it. This is, <laughs> this is as much as I could say where I've made it because that was so special. And I have this beautiful gold medal in my room. And that was really special for me. Wow, that's really incredible. Before we go on into a little more detail about what the, each of you are up to now, I just have this burning question. As someone who's watched figure skating my entire life and, and loved the sport, obviously as a spectator, nowhere near understanding it the way the three of you do, what does training for figure skating look like? I mean, on and off the ice. Oh my gosh, it's like, uh, well, like, you know, both Shannon and Laura said it, it takes like hours and years of hard work and dedication and like no social life like that has to be your main focus like training on the ice for oh my gosh like you know at minimum I would say on the ice like two hours a day minimum wow. um and you know for a lot of skaters it was way more than that and then that's just on ice because then you have the off ice stuff and a lot of skaters um like myself for example i took ballet classes um because you know you gotta you gotta be graceful on the ice right <laughs> um and build that strength and flexibility and then you have just off ice workout classes like that you have to be doing regularly like five six days a week like it's um yeah it's quite rigorous um but that's what it takes you know wow. and you enjoy it because you're doing it for skating so it's it really wasn't looking back it wasn't that terrible and like it 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 builds like you character and, and you learn how to prioritize and multitask and like get things done because you don't have a lot of spare time for anything so just to be clear you don't just jump on the ice and do a triple axel like that oh my gosh right? I wish, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to make it look like that you know make it look like it just happens easy on the ice but that is not the case behind the scenes <laughs> Shannon and Laura either of you have any additions to what you did that was unique to training not just what the spectators see but anything you want to share with our audiences um, yeah, I I definitely trained at least two, three, four hours a day, at least six times a week. Um, sorry, six days a week. Uh, and yeah, it was a sacrifice. I was known as at school as the skater girl and nothing else because <laughs> nobody really got the time to know me. You know, I was in and out of school so much. And, you know, even though school was still a priority, like skating, like Laura said, looking back wouldn't have had it any other way because I loved skating so much and it has really shaped me into who I am today. Did you uh, did you love training Laura or was training sometimes a, uh, a burden? I had mixed emotions on a daily basis with training because it's that love-hate feeling. You love it when you have a good day. You love it when you nail your jumps, you do a good program, but those days where you just have an off day or the mental side gets to you and you, you know, your nerves and everything, those are the days you want to go curl up in a ball and go cry somewhere. And my coach always said, if you're going to cry, go to the bathroom. So it's something that I learn to grow really thick skin because of this sport because it is something that is challenging but so rewarding at the same time and again I wouldn't change anything because it's made me who I am today so 
very challenging, definitely not what it looks like when people see someone go and do that amazing program on the ice. They make it look effortless. The amount of work you put in to make that, it's years, years, hours, hours, hours. When, yeah, that's what? the thing. I Sorry, just to add, it's like I the mental um, training is like a huge aspect to the sport. It's not just physical training. And the mental training is like, holy cow, even probably more like important and just more. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah, it's just there. It's it's when, a challenge. When we come back on After the Glory, these three incredible ladies will tell us uh, what they're doing now. They all spent time with Disney on Ice, uh, various numbers of years. Um, and we will uh, talk to each of them about their lives uh, with Disney on Ice and other endeavors when we come back on After the Glory. Have you ever wanted to experience the thrill of playing spring training baseball with some of the game's legends? At LADABC, we believe you should be able to live your dream of being a pro baseball player. And now you can. The LADABC Adult Baseball Camp is an independently owned and operated fantasy camp for men and women over the age of 30. As an independent camp, you can be a fan of any team from any city and you'll feel right at home with us. Our next camp is scheduled for November 7th through the 13th, 2021, and will be held at the historic Dodgertown Complex in Vero Beach, Florida, now known as the Jackie Robinson Training Complex. You'll play ball all week long on the best practice fields in the nation. You'll enjoy use of state-of-the-art facilities and you'll be pampered and cared for just like a major leaguer. We invite you to visit our website and sign up for our November 2021 camp. Just go to www.ladabc.com. That's ladabc.com. University Credit Union has been providing a financial edge to members for over 70 years. Now you can earn more with University Credit Union. Earn up to 5% APY with a university checking account for the banking that you already do. You'll save more when you switch your deposits and loans to University Credit Union. Bank with your brain. Visit ucu.org to join today. Federally insured by NCUA. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back on After the Glory. Uh, this is Gary Stern with my co-host Lucy Sang. And we're with Kirsty and Shannon Brackey and uh, Laura Stern talking about figure skating and life afterwards. Kirsty, uh, you uh, actually left figure skating altogether and uh, headed off to college and a career. Tell us a little about that and then how that dovetailed into Disney on Ice. Yeah, for sure. So um, after high school, um, like I had said, I, I realized, okay, I think I've made it as far as I'm going to with my competitive skating career. That's it, it's time to move on with my life. <laughs> um, I went right to university out of high school. Um, again, growing up, my parents, uh, they obviously supported my skating, but they really um, focused on, uh, you know, my grades in school and making sure I was always getting good grades and school was number one priority that always came first. So um, they really kind of, you know, I didn't really have much option. Like after high school, they're like, you're going to university, you're going to get a degree <laughs> because, you know, you need... You, you need you have your brain for the rest of your life your body you know it'll give out on you eventually so um it's like stress the importance of basically a, you know an academic career as well so i went to university for four years i got a um degree in chemical engineering um and in those four years i was i had left skating behind completely i did a little bit of coaching to make 
my way through college, but I didn't step foot on the ice for myself in that whole time. But I think I was so focused on schooling and obviously, uh, you know, engineering is a, a pretty um, heavy uh, subject. So I didn't really have time to think about anything else and think about, you know, the skating being gone from my life. And it wasn't until after college and I, I started my career as an engineer, I got a job with a big company and I was working for them. It was, you know, an office job. It was a lot of responsibility, a lot of stress. And I was still fairly young, like 21, 22. And I realized I'm like, okay, this is my life for the next 40 years. And am I ready for this kind of lifestyle? Like I hadn't done any traveling yet. Um, like I just went from school to and skating to school to job. And I took a step back and realized I really missed skating. Um, I felt like the sport, I wasn't done with the sport yet. I felt like there was still stuff that I could accomplish with it. I, um, you know, would see a couple friends that had joined the show world of skating and they were traveling and skating and I was kind of intrigued and I um, decided, you know what, Kirsty, you're going to just go for it. And uh, I applied for Disney on Ice um, while I was still working in my engineering job and it actually took me quite a while to get a response from them, but um, I did, and I just, I'll never forget that email that I got um, saying that, you know, there's a spot for me on this Disney on Ice show, and, uh, you know, I was just in tears, and, like, I just never thought that that show world would be something that I could do. Like, it's totally different from the competitive world, and I didn't think, you know, I, that was something I could do at this point after being out of the sport for so long. But, you know, that's the beauty of skating. It never really leaves you. And it just, it was the best thing to happen to me. And yeah, so I've, I was with the company for uh, seven years and never looked back. And this has, you know, it's been wonderful. And then, uh, and then the pandemic hit. So that kind of threw a wrench into things. So for our listeners, uh, Kirsty has a career all set for her, but she has not quite left uh, Disney on Ice yet after the one year off from the pandemic. I believe you return to the show next month. Is that correct, Kirsty? I do, yeah. So this obviously has been a really tough year uh, for everybody. And, um, you know, just sitting and waiting and hoping that shows could return again. I don't feel like I'm quite ready to go back to that engineering world or uh, that kind of um, career yet. And luckily, yeah, I um, they're trying to start another Disney show up. So I'm headed out back on the road. In this, uh, yeah, there you go. Shannon, you went right from uh, from your amateur career into Disney on Ice. Uh, and how many years did you spend with the show? Uh, I did. I spent six years with the show. So after high school, 14 years of amateur skating, competing, I I was like, I'm going to do something with this. Uh, I, I've worked too hard and too long to just give it up. And, you know, I, I knew college would always be there for me. And so I, I went straight to the road after high school. Um, and yeah, it, they were the best six years of my life. And uh, you have retired now and you're living back in Minnesota, your home state, and working at Mayo Clinic. And uh, what are your long-term plans? Uh, yes, I am working at Mayo Clinic, uh, trying to put myself through school. Um, I am going through uh, the University of Minnesota, taking all of my online classes, trying to get done, um, which has been a struggle because a lot of my peers are done with school and have been done with school for a long time. Uh, so just trying to 
plug away at that. Um, I'm now living in Minnesota, back home, which I very much enjoy, uh, um, with my life partner, actually, who I met on the road. So we're just trying to make it work and uh, explore this new world together. Um, and yeah, it's it's a journey. And and uh, Laura, we know that uh, as we get toward the end of our show today, we know that uh, you spent seven years with Disney on Ice. You were a media coordinator. You did a lot of things with the show uh, to help it run smoothly as well. Um, and you retired in 2018 after a tour in Australia, which I got to see one of the last shows. Um, <laughs> as I understand it, uh, from a little birdie that told me this, you went into the world of uh, PR and then uh, uh, event planning, but you are taking a different direction now. What are you doing? What are you getting ready for? Yeah. Um, so. PR was something I did with the show, so went in that direction right after I left the shows for a year, realized events was more of the direction I was interested in, so I ended up getting an event coordinating job with a boutique hotel that was incredible, amazing, and then pandemic, so events are not going to be what they were, and it's going to be a while till they pick back up, so recently in the last couple months, I've been trying to think about other directions, other interests, and ways I can make a living, but also be using my skills in something I love. And so uh, my boyfriend and I are actually both um, studying to get our real estate license. And so we are heavily in the course online. And this is a new direction that I'm exploring and excited about. And that's kind of my next step is getting the getting the license and then just trying to go for it in Southern California here. So exciting to hear these young ladies talk about finding glory in life after the glory of their sports days. And we're so grateful for Laura Stern, Shannon Brackey, and Kirsty Nelson for joining us today. Special shout out to our sound engineer, the insane Daryl Wayne, and our producer, Mark Allen, here on After the Glory with Lucy Singh and Gary Stern. Tune in for our next episode coming up soon. 